Go with me to uh, two openings, Acts 20 and Galatians 6. In uh, Acts 20 and 32, he said, Brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among them which are sanctified. That's what's happening right now. The word's building us up. In verse 35, he said, I've showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And we mentioned last night that there obviously are degrees of being blessed. There's blessed, and then there's more blessed. And some of these same words in other places are translated more and more, and also translated much more. There's blessed, and then there's more blessed. And then there's more and more blessed. And then there's much more blessed. And this is evidenced in ability to minister Beyond yourself. Beyond your personal needs and desires. Hallelujah. Everybody enjoys your needs being met. That's receiving. It's more blessed to give than to receive. If you received and your needs are met, that's a blessing. You're glad about it. But the Lord doesn't want us to stop there. He wants to raise us up higher. He wants to take us further with additional ability. More, somebody say more blessed. Blessed with the ability to give and help others that are still getting a hold of it or, or whatever the case might be, God using you to be an answer to prayer and a vessel to meet their needs. And help cause that the, the vision God gave them or the, uh, the desire to come to pass. And that's something that doesn't begin in your pocketbook. It begins in your heart. Anybody remember 3 John 2? Beloved, I wish, I pray, I desire above all things that you'd what? Prosper. And be in health, how? Even as your soul. soul. Financial, material prosperity and physical prosperity. Healing and soundness is directly connected to soul prosperity. And our prosperity doesn't begin in our pocketbook or in our purse or in our checking or savings accounts. That's the end result. It begins inside you. And you get prosperous inside before anything changes outside. Have you been made the righteousness of God in Christ? Have you? And that's not based on your past performance. That's not even based on your feelings or perceptions right now. Jesus himself took our sins. Is that right? And bore the judgment. And we have been made righteous. With his righteousness. But we are righteous. 
Well, same Bible says, though he was rich, yet he became poor, not for his self, but for your sakes, so that you through his poverty might be made rich. That's something he has done. And we got to begin believing that we are rich. And as it happens on the inside, it can happen on the outside. Can you see that, friends? It begins with a willing heart. It begins with a desire. Not just to have what you want, but a desire for God to use you in blessing others and helping others. If you don't have that strong, you're missing the first big step. And it's part of growing up. Babies are naturally selfish. (laughs) Right? Little ones, it doesn't even cross their mind to do anything for you. (laughs) You can't say they're being being mean or ugly. They're babies. It never even crosses their mind. You know, if a little one, I'm talking about an infant now, wakes up in the baby bed wet, they just wail because they're uncomfortable. And it never crosses their mind that they woke you up. <laughs> or that, is that right? Or that they disturb. It never crosses their mind. They just won't fix what needs to be fixed right now. <laughs> no patience. No concern outside themselves. That's being a baby. And, and we don't fault babies for that because that's what it means to be a baby. Oh, but within another few years, that should start changing. And within another 20 years, that should have radically changed. Is that right? (laughs) But it doesn't have to. And it doesn't always. So growing up spiritually is synonymous with growing up in love. God is love. Growing up in love is growing up in God. But growing up in God, growing up in love, you become more and more aware outside yourself. And you become more and more interested in doing something for somebody else and helping somebody else. That is growing up. Growing up spiritually. The Lord said to me some years ago that the the chief, the greatest expression of love is giving. Now when I heard that, I wondered if that was right. I thought, man, am I going to say that? And then somebody will say, yeah, that's that prosperity preacher. He would say that. And as I'm pondering it with force, the Holy Spirit brought to my remembrance, for God so loved the world that he, that didn't say he so loved the world that he yelled from heaven. I love you. That's great, but that's not the greatest expression of love. Didn't say God so loved the world that he said, oh, I just got these feelings. I just, oh, I just want to hug you. That's great, but that's not the greatest expression of love. Tell me what the greatest expression of love is. God so loved the world that he gave. And the more full of love you are, And another way to say that is the more full of the Spirit you are. 
Because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God who is love. He's the Spirit of love. The more full of love you are, the more you give. And the more you want to give. And nobody has to try to talk you into giving. You wanting to give more. You're believing for how you can give more. And do more. Not as some sense of duty and obligation out of love, out of a desire to take the pressure off somebody. Is that right? Help fulfill their vision and their dream. Not a sense of duty. Love. And if you are more blessed, you have more ability to give and to do for others. That's one of the most exciting things. Phyllis and I, we were shouting about it uh, today, this evening, coming over. God has taken, we, we described some of our humble beginnings. And especially when we left and went into the ministry, yeah, absolutely we could have been identified as poor. But God has brought us from that. Hallelujah. To being able to sow, glory to God, on a level we never imagined. The churches are sowing. The ministries are sowing. Hallelujah. The word supply is sowing. Oh, hallelujah. On a level we had never even dreamed of back then. And we're able to sow personally. And it is so exciting. And it is so fulfilling. And it is so thrilling. Do you feel that way at all? Do you want God to use you? And not it's great to be blessed. But do you want to be more blessed so that you're not thinking about it's not taking all your faith to pay your utility bills come on are you with me it's not taking all your faith to put gas in your car you've got such a stream and such a flow of resource coming in that that's been taken care of without thinking for a lot of years now and what you're focused on is sowing more and more and more, hallelujah, to those outside yourself. That's the God flow. That's how he thinks. Hallelujah. Go to Galatians, please, 6th chapter. Galatians 6 and 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, a, a lot of translations say, in doing good. Let us not be weary in doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Hallelujah. Now, last night we got into this about opportunity. Let me give you the definitions for opportunity again, please. It literally means a set or proper time. Vine says a fixed and definite period. A time, a season, but it's a fixed season. And a definite season. Not any time, but this time. Webster says it like this. An amount of time or a situation in which something can be done. And the Lord gave us three phrases for this meeting. Anybody here last night? You remember? 
Three phrases. I, I believe he gave them to us. I don't believe I just came up with this. Windows of light. Doors of opportunity. And what? Streams. Plural. Of provision. Come on, everybody say it out loud with me. Windows of light. Doors of opportunity. Streams of provision. Glory to God. Oh, somebody say glory to God. I believe the Lord wants to talk to us, is talking to us about this. He always wants us to come up. He always has so much more for us. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above what we've asked or thought. But for our part to come up with him, we've got to have light. The entrance of his word gives light. And in his light, we see light. And uh, in the light of the gospel... That Corinthians talks about. The revelation of it is from faith to faith. The scripture, actually, that's Romans, the scripture says. From faith to faith. So your faith attaches to your vision. Before your faith will be able to believe for it to come in, you got to see it. There's got to be light come. So the beginning of it is the light. But then that's not the end. No matter what we might want to do or desire to do, God has prearranged and made ready, divinely ordained, divinely prepared opportunities. Doors, nobody can shut. Hallelujah. But... It should be noted, these windows, these doors, these opportunities are not for an unlimited time. These very words here mean a set time, a specific time. For one thing, as we talked about last night, how long are you going to be here? How much longer are you going to be even in this earth? And how many were not with us last night? Raise your hand. Let me see. Might need to review just a little bit. Okay, quite a few. We got excited about our number of days. (laughs) Maybe excited is not the... Hey, it's exciting to have some left. It's exciting to have some left. (laughs) In fact, let me... It won't hurt us to hear this again. Let's go over it again. Because you might not have registered last night. Don't turn there, but put up Psalm 39.4 on the screen for us. Psalm 39.4. The Living Bible. Lord, help me to realize how brief my time on earth will be. This is Psalm 39, Living Bible. Help me to know that I'm here, but for a moment more. And we prayed that prayer. And uh, 
The NET says, help me, let me realize how quickly my life will pass. And then in verse 5, he said, look, you make my days short-lived. My lifespan is, is nothing from your perspective. Surely all people, even those who seem secure, are nothing but a vapor. Well, now, you know, James talks about that, right? What is your life? New Testament. It's a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. That is our entire lifespan from a correct perspective. A little mist that evaporates. Now you see it. Now you don't. They were here. Now they're gone. That's not reasoning or imagination. That's reality. We're told that approximately two people die every second somewhere on the earth. Two people. And before the service is over, but length of the service, you're probably talking about 15,000 people. 150-some thousand in a 24-hour period, uh, one day. 57 million a year are leaving here. Two more left. Two more left. Two more left. This is, this is not fantasy. This, this is reality. And real soon, me and you. <laughs> How many people are still hanging around from the 1600s? 1600s. How many? How many? How many? Not many? <laughs> Not any. <laughs> right? 1700s. 1700s. So the Lord tears is coming just a little bit longer. How many of us will still be around? So he said, teach us to number our days. And he went on to say, he said, surely, verse 6, surely people go through life as mere ghosts. Surely they accumulate worthless wealth without knowing who will eventually haul it away. Like one fellow said, you never saw a hearse pulling a U-Haul. <laughs> No reason to. Webster's, the, the WB says, surely every man walks like a shadow. Surely they busy themselves in vain. He heaps up and doesn't know who shall gather. And it is true. Much of the planet, millions upon hundreds of millions of people on this planet are living like shadows. They're living like ghosts. They are completely delusional that this life is all there is and it means everything. And when you talk about the preciousness of time, it's only when many of these are breathing their last that in desperation they would give anything for another day. Which is also delusion and deception. And we, we mentioned this. Now I don't want you to miss out on it. He said. Teach us to number our days. So we numbered them. <laughs> the average lifespan in the U.S. 
is approximately 78 years of age. Between the time somebody's born, time they're gone. That's those living older, those not living as old, averaged. I figured Faith Life Church and our friends should be much longer than that. What do you think? You, you agree? And so last night I said 90, but I said I need to up that some. Let's say an even 100 as an average. I said, I thought 120. Well, absolutely, but that's not an average. An average of 100. That means some are dying at 80 and some are making it to 120. That puts your average at 100. That, if it's 100, that means you've got thir- about approximately 36,000 days from the time they swatted your bottom, <laughs> your first day, day one. Several of those days you weren't even aware of. You didn't. <laughs> but through your childhood, your teenage years, your young adult, and adult, and et cetera, until you breathe your last. 36,000 hours, or approximately. How many in here is uh, about 50 or over 50? Let me see. Uh, yeah. Okay. Whew. <laughs> then me too. Half of that's gone. 18,000 hours, approximately. Not hours, days. About 18,000 days. Might sound like a lot, but it's not a whole lot. And here's, it gets interesting here. You have to, if you count time spent sleeping, getting ready, eating, fixing your hair, washing clothes, then you cut that in half. And you got about 9,000 hours. Days. I'm a pilot. We, we deal in hours all the time. 9,000 days. If you're about 50 and you made it to 100 with the Lord sustaining you and he tarried his coming, that's about 25 years. Now, if you can go on to 120 from 80, that's 50% more. Quite a boost. Gives you some time to figure out some stuff that maybe you didn't figure out. Is that right? The first... 40 years or 80 years. <laughs> so you might want might to get in the word on that. Yeah, building your faith up on it. Everybody sit out loud. With long life. Long life. He will satisfy me. And show me. His salvation. I'm going to leave. When God and I. Get good and ready ready for me to leave. leave. Hallelujah. Now, if that's true, you're going to have to have some fight in you. I'll tell you right now. You can't be a wimp. I had the privilege of working in Brother Hagin's ministry at the healing school for a number of years. And we saw people come in on a daily basis. Pronounced terminal, incurable, skin and bone, barely able to breathe, hooked up to machines. And you could just sense death. You could smell it and sense it in the room, death. And of course, two more just left just then. 
I mean, this is, this is just part of life. Death is part of this world. And really, that's a part of our job in ministry is getting people ready. Isn't it? And we should have no fear of it and be ready for it. But we should also realize how precious our time is down here and not waste any of it because it is so brief. And I've seen people. I've seen some. I'm thinking of uh, of this one and that one and this one the other. That I'm thinking of 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Uh, the doctor said they should have been dead a week ago. And I'm thinking one individual now, man, he's married in the ministry. He's got a family. He's doing wonderful today. Hallelujah. I'm thinking of a woman. She's pastoring with her husband and, and got uh, children that have been born since that time. And they was they're supposed to have been dead from the natural decades ago. But every one of these that I'm talking to you about, during that same time, we saw a lot of other people leave too. And hey, if you know the Lord, it's good to go to be with the Lord. That's not defeat. But every one of those that overcame these seemingly incurable, impossible situations, they were fighters. Anybody with me now? They were fighters. There were numerous times in those situations it would have been so easy to just quit. It would have been so easy to just say, I'm, I'm, I'm fed up with this. I'm going to go to be with Jesus. And if some of your loved ones do that, do not feel hard at them. Because unless you've been there, I said, unless you've been there, you don't, I mean, anybody can talk. But every one of these, they're fighters. So if you're going to make it, through tests and trials and attacks and weaknesses and germs and the curse in this earth and crazy people and all this other stuff, you're going to have to mean business. You're going to have to be a fighter. And if something comes up, you've got to put your head down and make up your mind. I am standing and I'm going to stand and I'm not going to quit. Because if you hadn't made up your mind beforehand, you will leave early. Like millions of people do. And it's not about a specific number. It's not about 120. You might make it to 130. Or 115 or 110 or 95. It's about finishing your course. It's about running your entire race. And finishing your complete course. And once you do that, you'll know it. I said, you'll know it. Paul said, the time of my departure is at hand. He knew it. I said, he knew it. He knew I have done what I was born to do. I, the Lord has used me. We preached the gospel to the known world. We got these churches started. We've written these epistles. We've done these things. And he knew I can go. We're there. Oh, and friend, don't you want to be there when you get to that place where you don't have a bunch of regrets? You don't know how I could have, wished I had a, because these things are windows and they're closing. And there'll come a point where whether we are happy with it or not, it's done. But the Lord's goodness is abounding to us. Because right here and right now, we still got some days left. 9,000 days? 
You ought to be able to figure something out in 9,000 days. Maybe you make it longer than that. And you got 10,000 days. 9,000 days is about 25 years. Does it matter what you and I do the next 20 years? Should the Lord tarry his coming? Does it matter? Does it matter? You got plans? <laughs> See, that was weak, wasn't it? You, you got plans for the next 20 years? What are you going to do? Well, Brother Keith, I was planning on doing a lot of fishing. I worked hard all my life and fishing. <laughs> Brother Keith, I, I really was going to increase my golf. I was going to play a lot of golf. <laughs> Brother Keith, we're going to travel the world. Don't know how much time we got left, so we want to just, you know, travel the world. See some stuff. <laughs> Enjoy the time we have left. <laughs> what do you have to go there for? Well, <laughs> anybody know the scriptures of rewards for laying on the beach? Huh? Laying on the beach rewards. <laughs> Shopping rewards. <laughs> Fishing and golfing. Now, I, I'm not saying you can't do some of this. And you can't have some fun. And, and you know, we do some things from time to time and, and play. But I, if I do it very long, I'm laying there thinking, I'm not getting any reward for this. None. I'm getting zero reward for this. And I'm spending some days. I had 9,000. Now it's 8,997. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about being morbid about it. I'm just talking about being aware. Yeah, that's right. And there will be some times that you can play and that you can have some fun. But if that's all you want to do, you don't know what's important. That's right. And if you don't have any plans beyond that, then you will wind up wasting some precious days and years that you can't get back later. And serving the Lord, you will be able to go places and do things and have fun that you would never have trying to make it happen on your own. People act like, you know, y'all poor things, you know, you preachers just have to sacrifice everything and, and live for the Lord. And, and I don't know what they're talking about. Only thing I gave up was being miserable. <laughs> Missing God. Is that right? Coming up short. Oh yeah, there's some, there's sacrifices involved and there's things. But oh, even when you need to sacrifice for a length of time and put aside maybe some things you'd like to do, the Lord will make it up to you. Uh, and, and when he does, it's such quality time and situations and experiences that you would have never experienced. But you won't get into that unless you're willing to sacrifice your own and put him first. Because if you seek your own life, it'll slip through your fingers like sand. But if you're willing to die to that and leave that and give it up, then you will find eternal life and things that last and matter. Now, we, if you weren't with us last night, we prayed we released our faith. 
We ask for the wisdom of God to know how to spend our next 9,000 hours. Days, 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 days. However, how many they are. Our next 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And if you're young, you might think, well, hey, I'm a lot younger than that. I'm, I'm 15. I got all kind of time. Not as much as you think. Older people tell them. How, how quick is it going to come? They're going to look up and they're 45. How, how quick? How quick? Moments, minutes are passing by like the white lines on the highway. It's just zipping by us, zipping by us. And that's not to bother us. That's not to upset us. But we do need to wake up and not waste these precious opportunities. Go to Colossians, please. And we'll start at the first chapter. Tell me what three things the Lord's given us in this meeting. These three phrases. Windows of light. Now see, that's what we are just talking about. What are you going to do with your next 20 years? It doesn't just need to be something you and your your spouse or your buddy came up with. What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? Who am I going to be with? What are we going to be doing? You need not, not just a plan, the plan. Right? We need to hear from him. And we don't need to waste five or six, seven years wondering what it might be, trying to figure it out. We need to get serious. And it wouldn't hurt at all to miss some meals, seek God, pray a lot, earnestly seek Him. Lord, where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? What about these next 10 years, these next 20 years? What about it? Make sure that we're not just idling along, wasting precious time. In Colossians 1, he says this in verse 9. For this cause, we ought, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Pray that out loud over yourself right now. So I pray, Lord, I pray, Lord. and I desire, and I desire that, I might be filled that I might be filled with the knowledge of your will, of your will. in all wisdom. And spiritual understanding. Then he goes on to say. That you might walk worthy of the Lord. Unto all pleasing. Now that's walking through these doors. Of opportunity. Which came after you got to light. Come on can you see this. Being fruitful in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened. With all might. Now that's resource. Strength, And there are numerous different kinds of strength. There's physical strength, spiritual strength, mental strength, emotional strength, financial strength. Amen. Strength of staff. People. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Now skip over to the third chapter. I'm just touching because there's a continuous theme throughout this epistle. But in 3.1, Colossians 3.1, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So much of what is happening down here is vain. Vain. Have you ever read Ecclesiastes? One of the wisest men on the planet, 
What conclusion did he come to? He said, I did this, and it was vain. And I tried all this, and it was vain. And I had all this, and it was vain. And we did all this, and it was vain. And it was vain. Because what wisdom is able to look past right now. And wisdom looks at the outcome of all this. And if you have the wisdom of God, there's all kind of things you'll stop and you'll go, why am I doing this? This is absolutely going to make no difference tomorrow, much less next millennia. Some things are needful, and a whole bunch of things are not. A whole lot of things are a total vanity, total waste. But it takes the wisdom of God to discern it. (laughs) Set your affection on things above, not on the things on the earth. Now skip to the fourth chapter and the third verse. 4-3. Withal, he said, praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance. Paul knew by the Spirit of God, you can't just go do things and then be a success. You have to have the light of God and the direction of God, and you have to have a door, something that God has prepared. An entrance into it that he's prearranged and made ready. It's not for us to figure out what we want to do or what we want to be. That's already been decided for us. It's for us to discern what he's already called us to be and do, where he's called us to go, and with whom he's already joined us to. He said, this door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I'm also in bonds. That I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. Young's literal, now this is interesting. I really like Young's literal translation. He's also the author of Young's Concordance. So the man knew a few things about the languages. And he does not try to couch it where it works in modern language. He just is accurate. He said, in wisdom walk toward those without the time for stalling. Instead of say redeeming, the time for stalling. To forestall means to act before to prevent from happening. To prevent what from happening? To redeem means to buy, to save from loss. Redeeming the time, forestalling it, means acting ahead to prevent the loss of. And that takes, what's the first part of it? That takes the wisdom. <laughs> The Lord's helping us, saints. I said he's helping us. That takes the wisdom of God. Oh, my, 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 my. I see it in the spirit right now. I see it right now. Hallelujah. I'm seeing it. Lives all over the place in here, all over the place by the internet. 
another level of being led. (laughs) That's what the Lord's calling us to. More praying. Less TV. (laughs) I better say that again. More praying. And not just yelling at the top of your voice. More just waiting on the Lord. More just being still. And knowing that he is God without texting. (laughs) And becoming more aware. And realizing. I don't need to do that. Whereas two years ago. You would have been into it. For four weeks and $20,000 before you found that out. Forestalling by the wisdom of God, seeing it ahead and acting beforehand and saving lawsuits. Did he not say he would give us another comforter and he would show us things to come? Did he not tell us that? Show us things to come. That's how Jesus functioned. I said, that's how he operated. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear the Father say. How did he see it? He saw himself doing it. But it was the Father in him doing the works. And then he just went out and did what he saw. He heard himself say it many times. But it was the Father in him doing the works. Oh, my, my, my. Too many times we've tried to live by hit and miss, trying it, seeing if it was God. <laughs> How would you know? Well, if it goes good, it must have been God. <laughs> because you don't have to pray to do that. You don't have to get quiet to do that. But... That's how we suffer loss. Loss. Loss of time. Failed startups. People uproot their family. Move them across the country. We're going to join these folks in ministry. We're going to start another work. We're going to go across town. Come to realization two years later. And all their money gone. And terrible problems in their relationships. Reckon I missed God. Yeah, but now you've lost two years. Some things take time. If you don't start on them early and stay progress with them for decades, you won't get to the place you're supposed to get within your lifetime. And the enemy is the thief. I said he is the thief. He comes to steal. Is that right? And one of the most precious things we have are our days. Is that right? Our 36,000 days. Now reduced to 9,000. Or wherever you are. And he knows how precious this is. So one of his favorite things. He knows if he just came to the front door. And tried to get you don't do it. You wouldn't agree with that. So something that has been working so perfectly for him. Is just put it off. Procrastinate. 
Because he knows you don't realize how little time you got left, but he does. No, friend, we've all made mistakes. There's not a one of us in here that could say, I've never wasted a day. (laughs) I'm looking around for any hands. Don't, Don't you put your hand up. Could you say, I've never wasted a day? You can't say it. Not honestly. I can't say it. We can't change the past. But the Lord is talking to us about our future. What you got going the next 20 years? What's your plans? I said, what's your plans? The Lord tarries his coming and sustains you. He said, forestalling. The Amplified says, making the very most of the time and seizing and buying up the opportunity. There is a way to redeem time. There is a way to prevent loss of time. Why would he tell us redeem the time? There's something we can do. There's something we must do. To prevent loss of precious time. And even, we're going to get to this, and this is quite exciting. Add to our time. <laughs> God is God. He can do some stuff. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. 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 Go with me to Luke, the 12th chapter, please. I'm confident we're getting mind renewal right now. And we need and are getting enhancement of revelation of what it means to be rich. Now, God's will is for us to be rich. So much so that he allowed himself to be made poor. This is redemptive language. Substitutionary work. So that we could be rich. Did he do it? Did he do it? Then are we? We are, whether we act like it or not. But we need to understand that when he says rich, he's not just talking about money. Rich in what? Rich in what? Rich in that which is good. Rich in that which is valuable. That which is precious. 1 Timothy 6 talks about being rich in good works. James 2, 5 talks about being rich in faith. If you had to pick between being rich in faith and being rich in money, let me tell you which one to get. Get the faith. Because with the faith, you can get the money. (laughs) With the faith, you can get the healing. It's not just about rich in money and stuff because, well, you'll see it in this passage. Luke 12. Luke 12 and 15. Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness. 
For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Having a lot of things and having a lot of money does not make you rich. The guy that's head over the company that's got this plane that we, uh, we're looking at. Guy's rich. <laughs> he owns way over a million acres of land. Revenues are in excess of 10 billion. <laughs> that's pretty rich. But I wondered, if he doesn't know the Lord, he's not rich at all. And he's older now. And in thinking about these, these things, I wondered, I don't care how many billions you got when you're running out of time. And that's what the Lord's talking about, rich in light, rich in opportunities, which means time. And rich in resources, which is last. The resources do you no good if you don't have the light to know what to do with them, nor the time, nor opportunity to do something with. And that's what Jesus taught right here. He started out talking about this. I don't care how many things you got, that does not make life, real life in God, or being rich in God. Keep reading, 16. He spake a parable to them, saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And then he got an idea. This is what I'm going to do. Did he have a plan for the next 20 years? I said, did he have a Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I'm going to pull down my barns. I'm going to build bigger barns. I'm going to bestow all my fruits and all my goods and all my stuff. And I'm going to say, so, buddy, you got a lot of stuff. And you are set up for many years. Did he have a plan? Did he have a plan? You are good for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, be merry, swim, play shuffleboard. And God said to him, Fool. Now, he's not just calling him a name. The man is being a fool. Why? The man is doing everything he can to redeem his stuff and does not realize he's out of time. And that's being a fool. Which is more important? Stuff or time? Time. Because he's got all these plans, he's got all these stuff, but he's out of time. Fool. Tonight. When's he leaving? (laughs) Two more. Two more. Two more. When's he leaving? He's leaving tonight. How about them big barn projects? And he said, whose shall those things be which you have worked so hard for, provided and set up? He don't even know. He hadn't even thought about that. Because he just assumed he had time. To be truly rich in God is to be rich in heart. Hallelujah. 
in your fellowship with him and full of his love for you and your love for him and which gives you a desire to bless others. Oh, hallelujah. And to be truly rich in him, which is truly rich, is to be rich in light and revelation, knowledge of God, understanding of the holy, wisdom of God, which includes his plan. Hallelujah. That's being rich. When you know what you're supposed to do. That's rich. Uh, have you read Proverbs? How he goes and talks about how wisdom is worth more than gold and silver. And is that right? Rubies. Why? What is wisdom? Wisdom is knowing what to do. That takes away the torment. Have you ever been vexed? Because you didn't know what to do. I know you have. Have you ever been troubled? Because you weren't sure, you weren't settled. Do I do this or do I do that? Do I go, do I stay, do I buy, do I sell, do I? Halting between two opinions. <laughs> Wavering and wondering. It's torment. It's vexation of soul. Oh, but when the light comes through the window <laughs> and comes into your heart and your soul and your mind and you stop wondering and you know. I know. I know. Coming to Branson was a big step for Phyllis and I. We were sure we were not pastors. We had traveled for 20 years and liked it really good and had lots of good invitations. And we were just growing in it and stepping up in it. And about 18 years into it, Phyllis and I had a day of vacation and we're standing by a lake. We looked at each other. And I said, have you ever thought about pastoring? She said, no. I said, me neither. <laughs> and that was it. That, that was the extent. Nothing else to talk about. Not, not that we didn't respect it. We just were sure that wasn't our call. We respected it highly. But Brother Hagin had been very strong with everybody that came up under his ministry. You don't intrude into another man's office. You don't, you don't try to do something you're not called or anointed to do. So we wanted to stay away from that. And uh, so a few years later, the Lord began to deal with us to come over here to, to Branson, but we still weren't thinking about it. A church, we're just going to relocate. And uh, Phyllis had some knowledge of real estate, and so I, I said, I'm going to stay in here and pray this morning and just get quiet. And, and she said, I'm going to go look around. And I said, good, I'll pray while you're looking. And, and, and she calls me, and she says, I'm standing in a building, and, and you need to come see this. I said, what is it? She said, well, it seats about 3,000. I said, what? Because I had said, you know, maybe a couple of hundred that we could shoot some TV stuff, you know, because what are we going to do with that? And the Lord began to deal with it. He said, I'm going to tell you what to do with it. I thought, hmm. And I had a little, you know how they say, sneaking suspicion? <laughs> that he's going to bring up pastor to churches. And I thought, surely not, surely not. <laughs> And I won't go through all the detail, but we secured that property with basically nothing and no congregation and obligated ourselves. And, and we stepped out, just Phyllis and I, we stepped to the back of the building and after we had uh, obligated ourselves, and it was a lease purchase thing is what it was. And, 
And uh, no, nobody here. Our, our staff is back in Oklahoma. And uh, we just looked at each other. It just seemed so overwhelming, so much to do. We just thought, well, let's go back to the room. And we went back to the room. And people were concerned. Some folks, were, they, they said, you know, are you a pastor? And Brother Keith, why would you bite that? Get you, just get you a little small place and start, you know? And why would you do all that to yourself? And, and, and I finally quit taking calls along that line. <laughs> and I tried to figure it out with a calculator several nights, and I, it just didn't work. So I just put it in the drawer and shut the drawer. But we kept seeking the Lord enough until we got enough light. We are supposed to do this. Come on, are you, are you with me, friends? We are, I don't have to have all the answers. We, don't, we are supposed to do this. And so one person called me again, uh, concerned. I said, listen, I'm a man. I could miss it. I could make a mistake. But I'd rather fall flat on my face trying to obey God. Come on, are you listening? Than to be too scared to move and step out and miss my opportunity. Come on, you miss my opportunity. And so we stepped out, hallelujah, to boldly go where we had not gone before. (laughs) Amen. It just happened so amazingly, so supernatural. Hundreds of people showed up the first day. And just, I mean, within just a few months, completed the lease and the purchase and is paid for. Glory to God. But you got to have some light. And then you got to commit to that light. And walk through the door of opportunity. And that's when you start experiencing the streams. We didn't experience the streams of provision. Until we stepped through the door of opportunity. That we saw how to step into from the light. Hmm. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Just lift up your hand. Say, thank you, Lord, for more light. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for doors of opportunity and streams, streams, streams of abundant provision. Oh, glory to God. See, you don't need multiple abundant streams of provision to sit at home and watch TV. You don't need all these streams of provision to just fish every day. Do you? No, you don't. We say, well, if the Lord bring that all in, then yeah, I'd do it. That's not how it works. That's not faith. Step through the door, and as you do, here come the streams. Works together. Being rich includes far more than rich in money, rich in stuff. There's been person after person after person that was a multimillionaire, billionaire, and they realized I'm dying today, and they would have gladly given everything for another day or a week or whatever. And didn't realize how valuable the time was until it's up. But it's not just having resources. It's having the light to know what's important. And then having the opportunity. Everybody say opportunity. 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 
We mentioned last night about how Phyllis and I had the privilege, and I say that sincerely, of helping the Hagans, Brother Kenneth Hagan Sr., Miss Aretha Hagan, for a number of years. And how that there were times when we got tired, like everybody's got flesh, and, and there were times we felt like we were sacrificing some to help them. And the Lord dealt with me during that time, I'm favoring you <laughs> to have this opportunity to sow this seed in this ground. <laughs> I knew it was true, and I accepted it by faith. And we made it pretty good. Not claiming we did everything perfectly. I don't mean that. But just our attitude I'm talking about. And our perception. Oh but in the years following. The, I see it so much clearer. How the favor of God it was. To be able. To drive that car. Or carry that briefcase. Or sing a special song. If you did it with the right heart. It's a seed. It's an eternal seed. And what the Lord, it's it's integral part of his plan. Because he had plans for Phyllis and I in life and ministry beyond when Brother Hagin and Miss Aretha would be with him in heaven. Past the time they would already be departed. And he set us up to reap. We're reaping in ministry and life now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And unless God had God, God, are you listening to me? God had given us that opportunity. There are many people that had helped them marvelous through the years, so many. We, we just did a tiny little thing. I don't, I don't mean to claim we did a big thing. Just, but of all of the millions upon millions whose lives have been changed through those ministry gifts... And how many of the millions would just been thrilled to be in a service or be around personally or do any of these things and us little country bumpkins. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just, just when we started knew nothing. Nothing. And from the natural, nobody. But here we are. I remember the first... Uh, Meeting, he took us on out on the road, and he let me speak in the morning. <laughs> some of you probably heard me tell this, and it's funny, but some of you haven't. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell it again. We were in the car, going to the meeting. This was over in Seattle. And uh, real interesting thing, because there were people out on the sidewalk with signs, picketing and marching against him. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't faze me a bit. I'm in the car with the man of God. Going to the I was smiling like the cat that got the canary. I just, I was so elated. And I'm sitting in the front seat with the driver. Brother Hagin's sitting directly behind me. Phyllis and Miss Aretha are sitting by him. It was real quiet. Nobody was talking. And all at once, he reaches up and grabs a seat behind me. The seat I'm sitting in, and he shakes it like this. And he goes, woo, woo, woo. I mean, I, I'm doing like this. And then he's, he's right behind me, and he says, boy, you feel that? And all oh, the thoughts race through my mind. We, we barely know him, personally. 
And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. He's going to find out right now how unspiritual I am. He may change his mind about having me speak in the morning. I said, no, sir. I didn't. I didn't feel it. He said, ha, me neither. (laughs) Boy, I thought many times, what if I had said? What if I said, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Then he would have found out. How unspiritual. (laughs) But being in the situation, literally being in the glory. I've been down in the the front with him ministering and and walking along with him to assist. And and the glory be so strong I could hardly see. (laughs) Somebody say, what a privilege. What? Come on, say it out loud. What a privilege. Now, you don't want to say, I wish I could have been with him. There is something that is just as significant for you. And just because you know people after the flesh, it's easy to disrespect it and lightly esteem it. But it's a huge mistake. There are billions of people on this planet. Millions upon millions of believers that God could be using for that instead of you. But if you have that opportunity, somebody say opportunity. Opportunity. If you say that opportunity, let me just stop right here. How many would agree doing something for God is far greater than doing nothing? Maybe the opportunities you have are not something that everybody knows about or the biggest or the most widespread. But how is despising it and doing nothing? better. Amen. Oh friend. Oh friend. Opportunities that are limited time. Many of them you could literally say once in a lifetime. Opportunities are available in our lives right now. You're still breathing. God's still on the throne. You may have 9,000 days left. Is that right? Do not waste them. Do not wile them away. Pray it out loud. Father God, God, help me me to be aware aware and discern discern every God-ordained, every God-prepared opportunity in my life. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Go to Deuteronomy, please. 11. I could save this for tomorrow night. Can you take some more? Is this a good use of our time? (laughs) Yes, sir. Set you up on that. It really does have to do with getting a revelation of what's valuable and what's not, what's important and what's not. Some years ago, I was in a prayer meeting. I have been in prayer meetings since then, but um, <laughs> it went long, and I was tired. And then it went a little longer, and I wasn't overly inspired about what was happening. And I'm looking at my watch, 
And I'm not saying anything out loud, but I'm thinking, that's, come on, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's wind this up. Come on. So I begin praying for them to wind it up. <laughs> and so since I was talking to the Lord, he started talking to me. And this is what he said. He said, Keith, what are you in a hurry, a rush to leave? And what are you in a rush to get to? That's wisdom. Wisdom is thinking beyond right now. And how many know there's no need in trying to play with God? You you best just give the right answer. Is that right? Straight straight off. He, He already knows. He's not asking for information's sake. He's asking for your sake. I said, well, Lord, honestly, I'm in a hurry to get away from prayer and the word to a sandwich (laughs) and the news. And when you say it like that, it just doesn't sound very spiritual. So how many of you in a hurry to leave right now? <laughs> Deuteronomy 11, are you there? Deuteronomy 11, 18. He said, therefore, shall you lay up these words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand and they'll be as frontlets between your eyes. He's talking about keeping the word of God in your eyes, in your ears, in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, continuously as a way of life. Anybody remember Joshua said, this book of the law, this is the word of God, shall not not depart. You'll meditate in it. What? Day and night that you may observe to do. According to all that's written there, then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. We're talking about true riches in God. I'm ministering to a lady some years ago who had been in and out of mental institutions for years and just had suffered greatly. And she was in a bad way and, and I was endeavoring to minister to her, checking my heart, what can I do to help? And the Lord prompted me to give her that verse in Joshua. This book of the law will not depart from you, your eyes, your heart, your mind, but you'll keep it in your mouth and meditate in it night and day. And I got to that part and emphasized it. And she just interrupted me. She said, you can't do that. Nobody can do that. You can't meditate in the Word of God night and day. Of course, she's already agitated and upset. And uh, my mind immediately did not know what to say to her in response to that. I mean, I, I think I'm in the ministry two years at this point. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. Right up out of the inside me, he said to me, he said, tell her, you're already meditating on something night and day. It's not can you meditate on something. It's meditate on this instead of that. Oh, come on. Can you see this, friends? You're already thinking about something. Aren't you? Question is, what are you? And he went on having to tell her, it's obvious you've not been thinking on what he said to you because if you'll keep your mind stayed on him, he will keep you in perfect peace. Yeah. Is that right? To be spiritually minded is life and 
peace. So that's what he's talking about. Verse 19, you teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You write them on the doorpost of your house and upon your gates. Now, what is the spirit of this? You are surrounded by the Word of God. Is that right? You, you keep it everywhere around you. Now, unbelievers and carnal Christians will not understand this. They will think you have gone off the deep end. You have gone too far. All I want to do, go to a meeting, listen to preaching, read the Bible, pray. They're just fanatics about it. <laughs> That's all I want to do. Well, if you want different results than most of the world is getting, you're going to have to live different than most of the world is living. Live just like them, you're going to have the same life, same lack of results. And he said, verse 21, this is the result. What's the result? That your days, let's say we had 9,000. That your days may be multiplied. The general idea of that is, if you look at other verses, is increase. And the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear to your fathers to give them, your days multiplied as the days of heaven upon the earth. Oh my, 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 my. I just saw something. <laughs> ah, we touched on it last night. Heaven time versus earth. Time. Yeah, yeah, huh? Heaven time perception of it versus our perception of time, earth time, and the way days are multiplied is that. We have heaven's effect in the earth. And our, the effects of our time are multiplied. And the opportunity of time is increased. This is not one half first. This is not one random thought. Go with me to Proverbs. I got time. I'm rich in time, rich in revelation, rich in the light of my God. I'm rich with God opportunities. I'm rich in resources too. I see it. I know it. I know what to do. And God opens doors that I can go through. And then when I move, here comes the supply. Oh, hallelujah. I'm right where he wanted me to be. I was saying that to warm you up for you. For your song. For your song. Sing it. Sing it out loud. Say, I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich in God. I'm rich in God. I'm rich in time. I'm rich in time. 
I'm rich in days. I'm rich in opportunity. And God's perfect ways. I'm rich in revelation. And I know just what to do. I'm rich in opportunity. And doors that I go through. I'm rich in resources. Rich in provision. I'll not come short. I'll not lack. I'll overcome. Every attack. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich in God. Hallelujah. That do anything for your spirit? Huh? That do anything for your spirit? One reason I believe I led you in that is cooperation. Yielding to the Spirit. Cooperating with Him, allowing more of this light to come in. You're not arguing with it. You're agreeing with it. You're not resisting it. I don't like all this talk about being rich. (laughs) You are definitely in the wrong place. But it could change just like that and you could be in the right place. Hallelujah. <laughs> One day I preached and for some reason I just kept using the word rich. Rich. Did you know that rich is a Bible word? Yeah. Have you seen? Yeah. Rich is a Bible word. And a guy met me in the parking lot. Man, he was so mad. I thought for sure he was going to take a swing at me. And while he's carrying on, I was trying to decide what I was going to do if he did. Because I know what to do. I know how to block it and, and hit him while he's thinking about it. But I figured that would look bad on the newspaper. Is that right? Preacher has squabble in the parking lot. And so I think, am I just going to let him hit me? Maybe I'll just get out of the way. But anyway, he's fighting mad over that word. Rich. rich. I don't, he don't believe in that. That's just, that's just wrong. That's just wrong. I said, which verse? Which, which verse is wrong? He said, well, that's what you... I said, no, it's verses. And I didn't try to explain it. He was in no mood to hear it. He was resisting it. So he's not going to receive light. Windows of light. Doors of opportunity. And streams of resources. But I'm not looking at people that are resisting. Somebody say, I'm receiving. I'm receiving. I'm receiving. I'm receiving. Listen to a couple of verses here in, in Proverbs, and I think we can unhook until tomorrow night. Proverbs 3. Let's just go through a couple of these quickly. The Lord's building something in us. Proverbs 3 1. My son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life. And peace shall they, shall they what? Can your days be added to you? 
Let's say that just normally speaking, you had about 5,000 days left, depending on your age and everything else. Is it possible to get that changed? Is it possible to have 1,000 days added to your life? 2,000 days. Is it possible? Do you anybody remember Hezekiah? Anybody remember Hezekiah? I mean, the word of the Lord came to him. Set your house in order. You're going to die. It's here. Your time's up. He set his face to the wall and did some serious praying and got real with God. Is that right? And I'm not talking about a whole lot of time before the man of God could get out of the courtyard. The Lord arrested him and said, go back. Go back. Tell him. I've heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. I'm going to add to your days 15 years. So God changed his mind. No, he didn't. Hezekiah changed. I said Hezekiah changed. God told him what was going to happen under the present set of circumstances. His will does not change. His highest and best does not change. Y'all with me, friends? In fact, if you read other passages of that scripture, Hezekiah got revelation. He said he was ready to save me. God, when when he went and told him he's going to die, he was ready to heal him. But things had to change. Fifteen years added. Is it possible? Is it possible? Don't let the devil sell you a bunch of stuff. Well, I lived a hard life when I was out in the world. I did so many drugs and I abused my body so bad. So I'm sure I ain't going to make it, you know, all the way to that. If you say so. But you could. Get serious about God. And making up for lost time. Is that right? And ask him. Once you get light, if you realize this is going to take more time than it looks like I've got, well, just ask the Lord. I said, just ask the Lord. Like Hezekiah did. Just ask him. Could you add some days to me? Could you add some time to me? I need a little more time to get this done. Just like this message right now. (laughs) I need a little more time. Lord, could you add to me? You could feel exactly like this near the end of your life. But Lord, I, I'm so thankful, but it seems like I need a little more time. Can you get years, days added to? Look in Proverbs 9. Look in Proverbs 9. 9, 11. The subject, the understood subject here is wisdom. For by me, by wisdom... Your days shall be what? Multiplied and the years of your life? Increased. Young's literal says added to you are years of life. Not just years of existence, years of life. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Proverbs 10, 27 says the fear of the Lord prolongs days but the years of the wicked shall be shortened in fact Psalm 55 23 says bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days so it's obvious 
There are things you can do that'll shorten your life. Things you can do that'll cut it in half. And there are things you can do in God that'll extend your days and add even years unto you. In spite of anything, you might say, well, yeah, but I got a, I got a bad this, I got a failing this. You know how quick God can fix that? <laughs> if it was just stopped from getting worse, you got time. I said, you got time. Time to get your faith up, get your head. If it was just stopped from getting worse. We need to do that right now. And then you can spend your time on something else. Years ago, again, at Brother Hagin's healing school, there was an individual who had been there, but then he was, he was in the hospital in terrible pain, intense pain. So much so that they just they gave him all the drugs they could, and it still wasn't. Just had to knock him out, you know, semi-comatose. And he's just getting worse every day, worse every day. I mean, that's how he got to that point. I went to see him. And he could barely even listen to me or pay attention. I mean, when you're hurting bad enough, it, it's hard to focus on anything. And, and I'm searching my heart. You know, there is no standard answer. We must hear from the Lord. All the verses about healing are good and right, but you're not supposed to try to give them all the verses. There's something, a manna from heaven, an anointed word from the Lord. And this is what I got. He's a good brother. I took his hand. I said, um, he said, I'm sorry, Brother Keith, I, I, I can hardly even look at you. I, my, my, my eyes, are, I said, oh, no. I said, just, just listen, listen. Do you believe that you and I could pray and release faith? He said, I don't know where my faith, I said, shh, shh, just, just listen. And you won't be any worse tomorrow. I said, I believe. I, I got it strong in me right now. I believe I can lay hands on you, we can believe, and you will not be any worse and I said, well, that ain't much. It depends on where you are. <laughs> he said, tears. He said, uh-huh, uh-huh. So we did. I left. Came back the next day. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> he wasn't any better. But he was virtually shouting victory. Because for the last, I don't know, like 30 days in a row, he had gotten steadily, just, just steadily worked, just going downhill, going downhill. And they said, well, he's, he's stabilized a bit. That's victory. That's shouting ground. I don't know if you hear what we're talking about. So the devil will tell you, you got no more time. It's out. It's out. If it doesn't get any worse, you got time. God's talking to somebody. I came and saw him. I said, the Lord answered our prayer. He said, yes. I said, you know what I believe? He said, I think I do. <laughs> I believe. You and I pray. Any two of us agree to touch anything yes, else? Yes. You'd be a little better. A little, a little better. He said, a little better. I said, a little better. Tomorrow. A little better. 
He said, let's do it. <laughs> we, we prayed. We, we released faith. I came back tomorrow. What do you think? What do you think? Nurse actually said, you know, he's a little better. <laughs> he's a little better. I came and he's smiling from ear to ear. I said, what do you want to do? He said, let's believe it's getting better. <laughs> See, it's not what you know. It's not what they need. What can they believe? Where's their faith? You've got to hook your faith with their faith. And vice versa. If it's you needing help. So we did that. Did that for another day or two. And I got busy doing something else. And a few days passed. And I called over to Sid. And they said, oh, he's home. He's gone. <laughs> we released him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm impressed of the Spirit. To pray that prayer. That I first prayed with him. There's some folks. Painful financial situations. And it's just been getting worse every day. And it's looking like. Man this, this is a runaway train. Nothing can stop this. If it doesn't get worse tomorrow. You got a breather. You got time. There's folk with physical issues. There's folk with relationship issues. Everybody stand on your feet please. Stand on your feet. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, just close your eyes and just worship the Lord. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing is impossible with Him and with them that believe. In the name of Jesus, plantings that are not of the Lord, workings that are of the enemy, proceed no further. Stop in your tracks in Jesus' name. <laughs> Ah, you are no match for the power of God. No match for the name of Jesus. Oh, sekale tienchi. Oh, sekale tienchi. Somebody needs to say it'll get no worse. In Jesus' name, it'll proceed no further. It will get no worse. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise him in the spirit, son. Pray, Kashe, Lohoso, Den Hanta, Den Oson, Dijasha, Nendoho. Hande Hale. Hande Hale Hallelujah Now say this 
Not just for yourself, but for the person standing in front of you and behind you and on both sides of you. And afterwards, afterwards, it shall get better. better. (laughs) And better. And better. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Somebody needs to laugh at that thing that tormented you. You you were not laughing in times past, but broken, destroyed, removed. Every evil thing in Jesus' name. You are no match. For the power of God, you are no match. For the name of Jesus, you are no match. For the faith of God. Oh, hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Hallelujah. If it just doesn't get worse... Your time frame has changed. Is that right? You've got time. And then as it starts to get better, your days are multiplied. Your years are prolonged. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.